0: This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Book Riot's Blind Date with a Book. Ever walked by a shelf in your local bookstore full of books wrapped in brown paper? They're Blind Dates with Books, where you buy a book without knowing the title, the cover, or the author, and it's a great way to discover new books you might never have picked up for yourself. We're giving away five Blind Dates with Books. Executive editor Amanda Nelson will take a trip to her local indie in Richmond, called Chop Suey, and pick five at random off their shelves to mail to five random winners. To enter to win your own Blind Date with a book, go to bookriot.com slash blinddate and sign up for our up upcoming Read This Book newsletter, where we will send you a single solitary book recommendation once per week. That's bookriot.com slash date to enter, or go see if your local indie participates with their own blind date shelves. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 62. We are recording on Monday, October 7th. I am Katie McLean Horner, along with guest reader Liberty Hardy, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hello. Hello, Liberty. Hello. <laughs> I was feeling like this is, I think this is like the third time you have guest hosted on our show, and I feel like we need to give you some kind of like semi-official title now.
1: Um, I, I, I've got nothing Yeah.
0: The, the,
1: put the actual red and red or dead. I don't know. The redhead de- dead, uh, no, I got nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was originally thinking something along the lines of friends of murderers everywhere, but I'm like, oh, that's not going to work well. Um, so I guess we'll just be the, uh, the, uh, guest velocity reader. Sure. That works. So I have to, I have to ask because it is October. Have you started Halloween celebrations yet?
1: Um, well, I'm not really a Halloween person. Um, I'm not a any kind of holiday person. The less I do, the more I can read. So I just try to avoid everything. Um, and also my aesthetic is pretty much like person who loves Halloween year round anyway. So, um, you know, everybody's like, let's get out all our spooky stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, that's just me. 365. <laughs> <laughs> spooky stuff's already out. I do like appreciate when it comes around every year because there is like more stuff to buy. You know, you can always find some, like, more cool, spooky stuff, so, yeah.
0: So I guess I just like Halloween year-round. Without it being Halloween year-round, that's just your general persona. Yeah, and not having to leave the house. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate that. We are, my husband and I have been very excited because they're showing a bunch of really fantastically stupid horror movies on TV, and this evening before we started recording, he had on I Know What You Did Last Summer, and it just made my heart so happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, it
0: feels like it just came out, but it's been a very long time now. It's been over 20 years, I think.
1: Has it really? Oh my goodness.
0: I mean, it's mid-90s to the extreme, but um, but yeah, the ni- the mid-90s feel like they were yesterday. Um, Now, and God, now, now I'm feeling depressed. Well, I mean, I remember reading the book when I was a kid. It's
1: Lois Duncan, right? I think so. Like, I think that was like the mid-80s, I remember reading that, and
0: Killing Mr. Griffin.
1: That book was dark. That was a dark book. Whew.
0: Which one? The, the killing one or I know what you did last summer?
1: Killing, yeah, killing. Well, that one's dark too, but like, killing Mr. Griffin is like, it's, it's spoilers. Um, actually, I don't think it's a spoiler because I think it's on the back. Like, these kids kidnap their math teacher. I think it was their math teacher. Um, because they're mad at him about their grades or their tests or something. And they put him in a pit. Like, they drop him in a pit and he dies. Like, he doesn't have his medication and he dies. <laughs> Oh god. It's super dark. Why like YA before like they used to call it YA was like
0: really dark. And now now that's actually ringing a couple bells. I feel I first I was like I don't think I've read that book before, but then the the pit makes me think that I may have read that maybe around the same time that I read I Know What You Did Last Summer because I had a really awesome English teacher in 7th grade and we got to read that at, like as a class reading assignment.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I know. Really? I had I had a really cool English teacher for seventh grade. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Well, do you want to you want to go ahead give us our give us our first sponsor, and then we can jump right into the mystery and mayhem. Absolutely. Uh, today's
1: sponsor is Amazon Publishing and All the Devils by Barry Eisler. Fear is the most potent weapon they have. Livia alone is going to show them what fear really is. As the thrilling series by Barry Eisler continues, the two men Livia is pursuing are fearsome. Both special forces veterans with a dozen tours in Iraq between them, they're both also sadists and serial rapists. The conspirators have all the assets and all the angles and every reason to believe they'll evade justice as they always have before. They don't understand that for Livy alone, justice is only a guideline. Revenge is the rule. You read All the Devils by Barry Eisler. It's the third book in the best-selling Livy Alone series. At the center of the story are nine missing girls, a conspiracy of silence, and a cop willing to kill her way to the truth. Livia alone is a survivor herself, and she draws on her vengeance to fuel her quest for justice. This time, the trail of horrific crimes leads to the highest seats of power and a secretive pact to protect the serial rapist. Now, Livia alone will take on her deadliest case yet. That is All the Devils by Barry Eisler from Amazon
0: Publishing, and we thank them for sponsoring. Alright, so if you are new to the show, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Uh normally it is Rincy and I doing the show, but Rinse is off living her best life in London. So we have Liberty guest hosting with us. And if you are a longtime listener of the show, you know that this is the point where we always put out a request for any feedback or show ideas or readings recommendation requests or anything along those lines, because you lovely listeners have given us some really wonderful emails and some really fantastic questions and subgenres for us to explore and we have done a lot of really awesome episodes based on your feedback and your suggestions. So we always like to remind everyone that those that those ideas are always are always welcome. We're always looking for new ideas and new topics to explore as long as it relates to mystery and suspense it's it's golden so if you have any feedback or even if you just want to say hello um we will have our contact information at the end of the show uh but we always just like to put that out there for for everyone so get get those get those idea machines going um and then our new segment there's really not a whole lot happening not a whole lot has happened in the last couple of weeks there are a couple of adaptation news items i'll run through really quickly um, first off, this book Toys by James Patterson. Um, it's one of his dystopian thrillers, but it is going to be a TV show. Um, there's not a whole lot of information yet about it. I think it's still kind of in the beginning stages. Yeah, it, they just have information about the uh, some of the producers. It looks like it's going to be with CBS TV. If you want more information, we'll have links to all of the things that we talk about and all the books that we talk about in our show notes. So you can take a look at that if you're looking for more information. But that is going to be coming to a TV near you. And then, secondly, I think, I don't know how long it's been, but I know we had talked a while ago about the talented Mr. Ripley becoming a Showtime series, and they have cast Tom Ripley, who is Andrew Scott, who uh, the rest of you may know as Moriarty from Sherlock. Uh, He is also Hot Priest on Fleabag, which I have not seen, but I know Fleabag has been very popular, so I throw that out there knowing that a lot of people are probably going to are going to, uh, recognize him from that, but yeah, he is going to be playing Tom Ripley, and just what I know from him as Moriarty in Sherlock, I, I feel like this, this is actually, I, I'm, I'm behind this casting. I don't know, I don't know if there's any other news beyond that, but that's kind of, but that's kind of been the, the, big news about that they they have their they have their lead actor and as more information comes out we will be sure to keep everyone updated but in the meantime we can look forward to seeing andrew scott play one of the most famous famous sociopaths in literary history
1: <laughs> i don't think it's like gonna start with the challenge of mr ripley because he is very young in that story Andrew Scott, while very, very, very handsome, is, I think, in his 40s. So, I think they're going to draw from, like, the older books. I think there's four in the Ripley um series. Yeah. Four or five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, but whatever. I'll watch anything that Andrew's in. So, (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Did you watch the, have you watched the trailer for Knives Out? Because, (gasps)
0: Wanted yes. To see that movie so bad. Oh my gosh! Yes, we went to the movies this weekend, and that was one of the trailers that they played. And after it was over, Blaine and I were just like elbowing each other, and I'm going, "Oh my gosh, I totally need to see that." Although I have to ask, I what accent is Daniel Craig trying to do in that trailer? He sounds like he's trying to do a Faulkner accent. <sighs> Yeah, like he, Blaine. He Blaine was thinking southern. Yeah, Blaine was thinking like West Virginia or something, kind of along those. Oh, I couldn't those. pinpoint it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is either something really specific, and I'm not that I'm not sure what it is, or Daniel Craig's in over his head with the accent. But the movie looks fantastic. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis and Tony Collette in it. I am so excited for that. It looks fantastic. It looks like a like a super 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 dark agatha christie like agatha christie with teeth yeah it's got amazing reviews yeah i can't i can't wait to see that one and yeah i am so i am so 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 excited for that and i'm so glad that you mentioned it because that was something that i did want to mention in in the recording this week that it looks fantastic so i'll i'll make a note here to post a trailer to knives out if you have not seen the trailer yet if you're a mystery fan you really need to see this trailer it looks fabulous all right so with that let's i'll go ahead and dive into our second sponsor and then we can dive into the the main part of the episode because i'm super excited for this topic anyway right (laughs) Uh, Second sponsor is Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky. Single mother Kate and her son Christopher think they finally found a place to settle down, the small community of Mill Grove. But then Christopher vanishes for six awful days. Finally, he emerges from the woods at the edge of town, unharmed, but not unchanged. There's a voice in his head only he can hear with a mission only he can complete. Build a treehouse in the woods by Christmas or his mother and everyone in town will never be the same. So if you recognize the name Stephen Chbosky, that is because he is the author of the number one New York Times bestselling. YA novel, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And this book is totally different from that one. But that is where you have heard his name if you you weren't able to place it. Imaginary Friend is an epic work of literary horror that follows a young boy haunted by a voice in his head Chabosky drew from his early love of horror novels and stephen king novels for inspiration but the book is suffused with the same heart and empathy that readers got from the perks of being a wallflower so this book is this book is huge it looks super dark looks super creepy and and it should i believe it's it's out now it is it is out now so if this sounds like it is up your alley make sure to pick up a copy of Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky, and we thank them very much for sponsoring the episode. Speaking of Stephen King, he announced another new book already that's coming out in May. I know. If It Bleeds
1: has a cat on the cover. It's like four, it's four novellas.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I, uh, I had seen that, I like, yeah, a few days ago, and then Blaine has been, has been going through the Institute, and then he was like, what? He's got another book coming out already? Oh my gosh. What? How is he doing this? I'm like, well, don't worry. We're going to buy it. I I think I own pretty much every book that Stephen King has ever written. Most of them in first edition hardcover. So I'm like, don't worry. We'll be picking this one up. But yeah, I'm uh, so excited. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I guess speaking of creepy. hey, Hey, um, so it's October. It's getting to be Halloween, and it is the perfect season for picking up a creepy mystery. And so I thought that this would be a fantastic topic, especially for you, Liberty, because I know that you have read plenty of dark and creepy novels. Yes. (laughs) And... With that, I, we each have a couple of suggestions, but I really want you to go first with your first pick because it is a book that I am currently reading, and I want to hear your take on it.
1: Well, all right. Well, there's a lot about this book that I can't say. Some people <laughs> have spoiled it in the reviews, but I don't. I don't like to do that. Um, my first pick is *The Whisper Man* by Alex North, which is a pseudonym for a British author. It just says like a best-selling British author, so we don't actually know who Alex North is, but. Um, I love this book. It came out a, a couple months ago. It's about a man named Tom. He is a recent widower. Uh, he lives with his young son Jake in the house that they shared with his wife. Um, she died suddenly uh, it's It's been very hard on them, and Jake in particular, is having a hard time and they're you know they're living in the house that she used to live in, so it just reminds them of it constantly so he Tom decides that they need a new start and Jake uh gets it in his head that there's a specific house that he wants to move into uh it's in a town called featherbank and i'm not going to tell you how he gets it into his head to pick this house but it's what he really wants and he he has his dad take them there and it's it's kind of like the house is kind of falling apart it's not like anything special he's like this is the house that you want and jake is very excited yes this is the house that they need to buy it is for sale um, And so Tom's like, okay, so they moved to this little town of Featherbank thinking, like, brand new start, things are going to be great, new school, like, it's going to be great. What they don't know is that 20 years ago, Featherbank was home to a serial killer called the Whisper Man. He was named that because he would whisper to his victims, who were all children, he would whisper to them through their windows and get them to come outside. Um And eventually he was caught. His name was Frank Carter he was imprisoned sentenced to prison for life um the detective that helped catch him Pete he's having a hard time because there like coincidentally with the arrival of Tom and Jake in Featherbank there has been a new disappearance and it has all the marks of being the whisper man but how could it be the whisper man when he's been in jail for 20 years and so Pete is going to go pay a visit to Frank Carter to try and get you know like a little Hannibal Lecter help and figuring out who is behind this new disappearance. Uh, and also he wants to sort of make amends uh, for not catching him sooner last time. You know, like I said, he had five victims. Uh, meanwhile, Jake has started school. He's not having a good time at his school. Uh, somebody strange has been lurking around their new house. Tom catches him trying to get into their garage, which it turns out the lady who owned the house before him did not empty out. It's like full of stuff. Um, there's all kinds of creepy stuff going on. But like I said, I don't want to tell you what it is because I, I do feel like it's better to go in not knowing. Um, I will say that I read a lot of creepy books, I read a lot of true crime, I read a lot of scary stuff, and I don't spook easily, but there, I was reading this in the middle of the night, and up until this point, it had kind of just been like a mystery, like a thriller, uh, and then I got to this one particular part in the book, and I went, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this down and I'm gonna wait till the sun comes out, because I was like, Whoa! And that's when it kind of veers off into a little scary, spooky stuff. Um, I have seen, seen it labeled as horror. Um, I don't really think it's a horror book, but it does have some really scary bits in it. Um, and I just I think it's fantastic. I think it's really well done. I think it's really well plotted. I also really like the relationship between Tom and Jake. Uh, I think that it's very sweet, and you know they, he uh, North does a good job. Like describing their their trials and the the problems that they're having, and also like how close they are. I just I really enjoy it. So it is the Whisper Man. It is by Alex North.
0: Yeah, I well, first off, we've um, the book has come up on the show a couple of times as a sponsor, and every time when we describe the plot of the book, every time I'm like, who are these children? They hear hear someone whispering outside their window at night that they get up and go see what it is. Like who does that? Ah. But but that right there, I was, I was just automatically hooked, because I'm like, that is probably the creepiest thing I can possibly imagine. And yeah, so the the plot just totally drew me, drew me in. I was like, I have to read this book. But what you what you said about like the characters and their relationship, like, I'm not very far into the book, but right away, I was struck by there, you can tell that there's a lot of There's, there's a lot of heart to the characters and there's a lot of like emotional weight to their relationship. Like these are not cook, these are not cookie cutter cardboard characters. Like they're, the, the book already has some emotional like weight to it. But I am so excited to know that it gets super, super spooky because yeah, I've, I have read a couple of books like that or at least I wasn't expecting them to be totally creepy and then they turned out to be and then I was like, Blaine had gone to bed, and I'm like plotting my steps through the apartment, like strategically planning which lights I'm going to turn out in which order, so that I don't have to run across a dark room, kind of thing. And this sounds like it is totally up that alley. <laughs> yeah, I
1: should I should mention um, it does have trigger warnings uh, if you couldn't tell from the description uh, for
0: abuse and harm to children. Yeah that that I I th- that came a, that came across I think so yeah if you if if that is a sort that is, if that is a sensitive spot for you maybe maybe we will find another creepy book um yeah. well my first pick i believe i have mentioned on the show may- once maybe twice before but i haven't talked about it a ton and i just love it so much that i needed to talk about it again is night film by marisha Pessel. and this book like this book is like nothing else i have ever read so the the story of night film it starts off with a 20-something-year-old woman named Ashley Cordova. She is found dead by apparent suicide in Manhattan. But what is suspicious about her death is that she is the daughter of a, of a reclusive director named Stanislas Cordova, who has been, who has made these horror movies that have attracted this enormous, like, cult underground following. The movies are supposed to be intensely scary and like, like so scary that they're transformative. And the main character is not Stanislaus. It is Scott McGrath. He is a, um, he is a veteran journalist whose career was basically flushed down the toilet when he several years ago started investigating Stanislaus, um, cordova i'm just gonna call him cordova because otherwise that feels like a mouthful but he started investigating cordova because of an anonymous tip that he received from someone that basically was hinting like hey there's some like really weird dark like weird under underhanded stuff going on with this guy so scott makes these claims about cordova they turn out not to be true he's disgraced but then when cordova's daughter turns up dead he starts thinking hey you know what maybe there was some truth to this after all so he starts investigating again and the more he investigates the more he like he he's uncovering piece by piece the the information about the director's family his history how his movies were made if you're a if you are a fan of film or if you are a fan of horror films specifically You'll get a real you'll get a really geeky kick out of this book because there's a lot of like analyzing the film, and the author does such an amazing job of describing these movies. They feel real. The way she writes about these movies and the way the characters talk about these movies, these feel this it feels like Cordova is an actual person. That these are movies that you can actually get your hands on a copy of and watch it it feels so real and then throughout the book if you if you get the print book interspersed throughout the book are like newspaper articles screenshots from from websites about the director there are screenshots from like websites that are kind of like on the dark web and kind of these websites that general that the general internet browsing public can't access there's just such a layer of reality to this that I have read this book multiple times, like probably four or five times since it was published. Every time I feel like I am reading about something that really happened. This book is, it just has like this, this dark, gritty kind of a noir feel to it. But it also has this horror element to it with the movies and then just the truths as or you know, are they truths? Are they not? There's there's this blurring between what's real and what's and what's not, and it is just such a creepy, like mind trippy mystery horror mashup. Like I love this book so much. And it really is unlike any book I have ever read. It is, yeah, it is dark, it's creepy, there's stuff with wit with possible witchcraft and dark magic. And it's oh gosh. It's just so cool. Um but yeah, this this one is really, really unusual. So again, that is Night Film by Marisha Pessel. I took a trip to
1: see her uh when her young adult book came out last year, the name of which I am forgetting now. Uh but I did I did want to ask her, um and she confirmed that um it's based on Dario Argento. I don't know <gasps> if you've ever, if yes! you've ever like watched Suspiria! Him. Yes. I still have to watch the remake. I kind of want to see the remake. I haven't watched it, but, um, you know, he was an Italian, he or is an Italian film director, uh, and it is based you know, loosely on him. Not the part, like, with the daughter dying and all that stuff, obviously, but, um, the films and his, his, his aesthetic and all that. He's
0: very strange. That is just opened up, like, a whole new dimension to this book. I've only watched Suspiria, but I know I, I, I know about his movies. And so now I'm like, okay, I've got to make a list of like all the movies that he's made and like, sit down and watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a really, really strange one. Uh It's called, I, I'm not really sure. So it's an Italian film, but it's in English, but it has an Italian title. It's called phenomena in Italy, but it's called creepers here. And I believe it's um, Jennifer. Oh my God. Jennifer Connelly. I was like, I can't think of real name. Jennifer Connelly's first movie and um it's really messed up it's like donald Pleasant's and there's a monkey and there's lots of bugs and wow and then she did labyrinth like
0: right after that well you you hooked me. donald pleasant's a monkey and a lot of bugs i'm like well there you go sign me up that's gonna <laughs> be my next my next pick there you
1: go <laughs> uh for my next pick it is out by Natsuo kirino uh and it's translated by Steven Snyder, who also translate Yoko, translates Yoko Ogawa, who is an amazing author that you should read um, if you've not read her. But uh, this is out. Um, A trigger warning uh, for violence, abuse, and sexual assault, murder, all kinds of horribleness. It is set in Tokyo, sort of like the suburbs of Tokyo. There is a group of women who work the night shift at a factory making boxed lunches. They just sort of like stand there making these up one after another. They know each other they're not we, we wouldn't call them like very close but they they kind of have banded together uh, as a group these four women at uh, the factory and then they they all have um relationships of various issues you know one of them is has a husband who's spending his money on prostitutes one of them has abandoned his wife and left his um very sick mother for his wife to care for and she just does because it's expected of her um and then uh so one of these women Ends up killing her husband. Uh, he is abusive and she kills him. Not really sure what to do. She tells the other three of her coworkers and they decide the best thing to do is to chop him up and dispose of the body. Like you do. Um, so <laughs> now they have, they have done this. There's no going back. And there are detectives who are looking for her missing husband. They are trying to, you know, outwit the detectives because they're new to this. They don't go around doing this all the time. However, there is a very dangerous crime organization in Japan who has caught wind of what they have done and they want the women to do more of this. They think like, hey, you did a good job, you got away with it. Um why not have, here have some more work. And so it's kind of like moves from there. Um it's sort of like a, a dark humor about equality. But uh, some of the women have the nerves to keep doing what they're doing some of them do not and sort of like the things that have kept them together uh maybe their downfall like they're sort of having like infighting and problems now um and it, while it is gross and creepy it's sort of the author's take on women in Japan and in J- in Japanese society like the inequality and the responsibilities that are put on them and the things that are expected of them that are not expected of the men um and so it's really great. And again, it is called Out
0: by Netsuo Kirino. Yes, I second that pick. I also second the fact that it is pretty gross. Like, if, you, if you're if you not sure if you have a stomach for that kind of stuff, maybe something that's a little bit more on the eerie, spooky side. But yeah, that that one's pretty visceral. Pat the bunny. Pat the bunny? Is that what you said? Yeah yeah that it's it's pretty intense but yeah i i second everything that you said it's a really interesting yeah kind of like a dark humor kind of satirical um suspense slightly horror novel um but yeah that that one that one was a trip i, I was and i realized I'm like oh yeah my second pick is kind of a it's kind of a mind trip as well um that is the shining girls by Lauren bucus and the Short summary I have for this book is Time Traveling Serial Killer. For a lot of people, that's all you need to that's all you need to know. You're gonna run out and pick up this book. Time traveling serial killer. If you need more of uh, a push to pick up this book, Tana French blurbed this book when it came out like in 2012, 2013, saying that it scared the bejesus out of her, uh spelled B-E-J-A-Y-S-U-S. And I, with that, I'm like, I don't know what other testimonial you need, but, um, so yes, it is about a time traveling serial killer. The serial killer originates in depression era Chicago. And that's the other thing that that sells me. I'm from the Chicago area. I will read just about any book that is set in Chicago. So right here, we're just like hitting on all, hitting on all, all my, all cylinders here. So Harper Curtis is the serial killer and he discovers a house in Chicago, which allows him to travel through time and kill these quote unquote shining girls, these women that he doesn't know these girls why they must be killed, they're from different time periods, 1950s, 1980s, like, he's kind of using, the, he you can use the house to travel through time, he doesn't know why he needs to kill these women, but he does it anyway. And then he also leaves behind an object from his previous victim, like, as a calling card. So, like, he kills one woman, takes something from from her body or from that scene, and then he goes and he kills another one and he leaves that object. Takes another one, kills another woman, leaves that object. So he's kind of, like, leaving, like, this time-traveling breadcrumb trail. And... Unfortunately for Harper, one of his victims, Kirby, she's he travels to I think like the 1980s, I think, some somewhere around that time. He attacks her, but she survives, and then several years later, in the this would be like in the early 90s, she enlists the help of a sports reporter with the Chicago Sun-Times. He writes about the Cubs, which is also amazing. Because I, I'm i a huge Cubs fan, and so they're talking about, like, 1993-era Cubs and, like, Greg Maddox and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, this is a little weird. Um, but anyway, so she teams up with this guy to help her track the serial killer down. This book is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. And I will say, when I read this book, I was... I was kind of, I wasn't entirely sure where all these, how all these pieces fit together, because it jumps through time and it has these kind of moving parts in the narrative that it's definitely like the, it's like the exact opposite of a straight linear narrative. So you've got kind of all of these different pieces jumping around you're not always quite sure what is happening or what time period but then as the book comes like as as you move farther into the book everything just kind of comes together and I won't give more information than that but it really just like as the pieces start falling into place you kind of have that that reading experience where you go oh and like you can almost like hear the the pieces as they're coming together in your in your brain. And by the end of the book I was just like oh my gosh this is brilliant and it's like i said it's very it's very different um but it is dark it is creepy it is it is on the gory side it's been a while since i've read it but i do remember being going "Ooh, that's a little bloody um but i mean it's a time traveling serial killer from chicago history and it is just so it is so cool. It is such a cool book, even if you're not from Chicago and don't get all excited like I do when I find a book that's set in Chicago. Um, it is it is such a different type of book. Like, if you're looking for something different, like, you know, okay, I've re- been reading the mystery and suspense, like, I can see where this stuff is going. If you want something to kind of break yourself out of this rut, this book will do it. And again, that is The Shining Girls by Lauren Bucus. All right all right um and then of course lovely listeners if you have any creepy mysteries of your own that you would like to recommend please do let us know i am always looking for a, for a good creepy mystery and i know Liberty's always looking for one too it's true tis the season for a good creepy mystery so let us know if you have any good ones and with that let me jump really quick into our new releases um sometimes we have a couple weeks where there aren't a ton of books coming out Other weeks, we have so many books that I'm like, I don't even know how to pick from all of these. This is one of those time time frames. There are so many mystery and thrillers coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I had to work really hard to whittle it down to just a few books. Um, So just keep your eyes open. There's some really cool books coming out next couple of weeks. So the first one. That I am going to start with is out to, well, it's out on October 8th, which is tomorrow from the day that we are recording this. By the time you're listening to this, it will already be out. It is called Remember by Patricia Smith. It's a debut psychological thriller. The main character is Portia Willows. She's a senior in high school in LA. And she's dealing with the aftermath of an accident that took the lives of her mother and sister, and she finds herself forced to face her own memory, which may not be quite what it seems. But Portia suffers from severe social anxiety disorder that prevented her from having any sort of life while her little sister, Piper, was her best and only friend. Now, five years later, Portia is forced to recall the events of the past while being questioned about a horrific crime she doesn't remember – During those years, Portia had created a toxic, agoraphobic life with her father, with cigarettes and alcohol, her only companions, unable to cope with her loss. That is until Ethan Tork moved in across the street and changed Portia's perspective in ways she could not possibly comprehend. But the truth always catches up to you, and fantasies never last." So this, again, this is a debut psychological thriller. So if you're looking for a new author to try, definitely take a look at Remember by Patricia Smith, which is out on October 8th. Another book that is also out on October 8th is Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts by Kate Reculia uh which she is the author of bellwether rhapsody which if i'm remembering correctly is a book riot favorite i feel like i remember liberty you talking about this a few years ago when it came out did you read bellwether rhapsody of course
1: yes i love that book i also love tuesday mooney
0: (laughs) yeah bellwether rhapsody i remember people describing as glee meets the shining and i was like well crud i need to read that (laughs) i actually have it at home or have it on my bookshelf and i haven't read it yet but um Tuesday Mooney talks to ghosts. Okay, the, already has Liberty's stamp of approval. <laughs> but Tuesday Mooney, again, we have kind of this loner character. She keeps to herself, kind of socializes begrudgingly, spends much of her time watching old Twin Peaks and X-Files DVDs. Oh, my Lord, can I relate? <laughs> uh But when Vincent Price, who is Boston's most eccentric billionaire, not that Vincent Price, another Vincent Price, When he dies, he leaves behind an epic treasure hunt through the city with clues inspired by his hero, Edgar Allan Poe. So Tuesday joins in the adventure. She loves solving puzzles, searching for clues. She's joined by a ragtag group of people, a wisecracking friend, uh, an adoring teen neighbor, a handsome cagey young heir. The hunt tests their skills with other teams from around the city also vying for the promised prize, which is a share of Price's enormous wealth. They must move quickly. Price's clues can't be cracked with sharp wood alone. The searchers must summon the courage to face painful ghosts from their past, some more vivid than others, and discover their most guarded desires and dreams. So this book sounds like it's just got a little bit of everything. It's got references to the Westing game. It it references Madonna, Knights of the Round Table. It is a read for thrill seekers, wanderers, word lovers, anyone looking for an escape to the Extraordinary, it is Liberty Hardy approved and recommended. And again, that is Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts by Kate raculia And that is also out on October 8th. So by the time you are listening to this, you can pick up a copy. And then a couple of titles that are coming out next week. Um, first one kind of continuing with this sh- this historic Chicago crime thing that I started with The Shining Girls. This book is called Curious Toys by Elizabeth Hand. And this takes place in 1915 Chicago, a rich, spooky, atmospheric thriller that will appeal to fans of Eric Larson. So if you're a fan of Devil in the White City, this would probably be a good book to pick up. So it's summer 1915. Pin is the 14-year-old daughter of a carnival fortune teller. Uh, Pin dresses as a boy, joins a teenage gang that roams the famous Riverview Amusement Park looking for trouble, but unbeknownst to the well-heeled city dwellers and visitors who come to enjoy the Midway, the park is also host to a ruthless killer who uses the shadows of the dark carnival attractions to conduct his crimes. When Penn sees a man enter the Hellgate ride with a young girl and emerge alone, she knows that something horrific has occurred. The crime will lead her to the iconic outsider artist, Henry Darger, a brilliant but seemingly madman. Um, Henry Darger was a real person, by the way. I found that out by Googling shortly before we started recording. Um, but together, the two navigate, navigate the seedy underbelly of a changing city to uncover a murderer few even know to look for. So again, that is Curious Toys by Elizabeth Hand, comes out on October 15th. I add, as soon as I read the synopsis for that book, I immediately added that to my reading list, because again, I will read anything set in Chicago. And then finally, also coming out on October 18th, this book that I just keep hearing nothing but amazing things about is Your House Will Pay by Steph Cha. It's getting rave reviews from Attica Locke, Michael Connelly, all all of these different authors. And it takes place in the wake of a police shooting of a black teenager in Los Angeles, um la is as tense as it's been since the unrest of the early 1990s but grace park and sean matthews have their own problems grace is sheltered and largely oblivious living in the valley with her korean immigrant parents working long hours at the family pharmacy she's distraught that her sister hasn't spoken to their mother in years for reasons beyond grace's understanding Sean has already had enough of politics and protests after an act of violence shatters his family years ago and just wants to be left alone to enjoy his quiet life. But when another shocking crime hits LA, both the Park and Matthews families are forced to face down their history while navigating the, navigating the chaos of a city on the brink of more violence. Uh, so again, that is Your House Will Pay by Steph Cha out on october 15th and like i like i indicated before if the reviews and reader reactions to this book are to be if, if you're to believe them and i have every reason to think that we should believe them this book is going to this book is going to it sounds fantastic um i'm guessing you have probably also read this one already
1: <laughs> i have it is indeed fantastic she's great
0: so there you go. Another Liberty Hardy recommended book. And then finally, we I, as an honorary mention, I do want to point out that if you have been reading the Charlotte Holmes series by Sherry Thomas, the fourth book in the series comes out on October 15th as well. And that book is The Art of Theft. We have talked about the series before on the show, won't go into too much detail. Um, but if you are following the series, next book is coming out very soon. So make sure to pick that up. And again, that is called The Art of Theft. And with that, I'm gonna stop talking for a few minutes. Liberty, how about you tell us what you've been reading? Uh, so
1: I just finished The Remaking by Clay McLeod Chapman. Uh, it is a supernatural thriller. Um, it's actually inspired by the true story of, uh, two women who were burned as witches in Virginia. And so the book is about, um, the, the death of this woman and her daughter. Uh, and then years later, someone arrives in their town to make a horror movie about the two women because supposedly the little girl walks the cemetery at night looking for her mother. And so they want to make a horror movie about that. And then you know like what happens when you want to make horror movies in scary places. Um, Some scary stuff happens, and then the the book jumps ahead another 20 years, and there is another film being made about the stuff that happened during the 70s uh filming of that horror movie and then some more stuff happens. Um and yeah, it's really fun. It's um, you know, like about well basically if you love horror movies, it's it's great for that. Uh and also just like super creepy. Um and so I, I really enjoyed that. That is out um tomorrow the eighth, tomorrow from when we're we're recording this. And then I was as much as I enjoyed it, I was really happy to finish it. Because I got this book at NEBA last week, which is the New England Independent Booksellers Association. Um They have their annual conference, and I picked this up. It's called We Ride Upon Stick by Quan Berry, And it's set in 1989 in Danvers, Massachusetts, which was, in 1692, Salem Village. It was the site of the Salem Witch Trials. Um, and they changed the name, but everyone still knows what happened there. Uh, so it's set in 1989. The Danvers Falcons, who are the field hockey team, they decide that they are going to try some witchcraft to win the championship, and it just sounds amazing, like just just amazing, so very excited about that um and yeah, what are you going to read, or what are you doing? What are you up to?
0: Yeah, uh, I have been in a reading rut. I have been more well I've I've been working on a couple of crochet projects and then while I was on vacation I remembered that jigsaw puzzles on your iPad are very addicting. So I've, I haven't been reading as much as I would like. Um I did finish uh, Finders Keepers by Stephen King on audio. I've started Listening to Mr. Mercedes on audio because I just needed a good audiobook. I was really striking out and I knew that this one, I'm like, okay, I'd read the book. I knew that the audio was going to be good and it was. And it spurred me to listen to the other two books in the, tri- in the Mr. Mercedes trilogy, which I had not read. So Finders Keepers is the second book in the trilogy and it um it is very much it's the same characters it's it it has lots of connections to the crime that happened in Mr. Mercedes but in and of itself it is it's its own story and at first i thought i'm like oh my gosh this book is taking forever to get started there's so much background that he lays out in the beginning of the book but it is so well plotted that you as the book goes on you understand exactly why he laid out all this backstory. I mean, Stephen King, <laughs> Stephen King is not known for writing short, concise novels to begin with. Um, but there, but this book was very well plotted. And at first, what I thought was going to be kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's good, but it wasn't like, Ugh. I actually really ended up really enjoying it. So, um, again, Finders Keepers by Stephen King. If you haven't read it yet, just know it is slow in the beginning. Stick with it. It really does come together really, really well at the end. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, I'm starting The Whisper Man because, yeah, like I said, I knew it was I knew it was creepy and had gotten a lot of really good reviews. And then Liberty talked about it on the show, so I'm literally after we finish recording, I'm gonna go pick up the book and put my puzzle game away and read some more because I am really looking for something for something good and spooky. Like I said, tis the season. Well, that'll do it. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm I am so excited, and I. I don't know why I've I've, like, I've been looking for a good spooky novel and I just, and I'm like, well, I could reread something. So I'm really hoping that the, that this one hits the spot. So.
1: Well, before we finish, can I tell you one more thing? Yes. Okay. Because I tell everyone about this because it's my favorite thing. Uh, One of the best books coming out next year. I'm obsessed with it. It's called the return by Rachel Harrison. It's a novel about these four friends who uh, got together in college uh, these four women, they became very close friends. And after they graduated, they live in different parts of the country, but they're all, you know, they text each other all the time. They talk on the phone all the time. They see each other at weddings and stuff. Uh, one of them one day goes on a solo hike in Acadia, uh, in, which is in Maine because Maine is a scary place and <laughs> doesn't come back. And so the other three friends, they're all devastated. Her husband is devastated. The police are looking at him, you know, they're trying to figure out if he did something to her, but he's cleared um and they they have a funeral because they, she doesn't come back um and then 2 years to the day of her disappearance she returns they find her sitting on the porch of her house she doesn't remember where she's been she's wearing the exact same clothes that she left in um and so everyone's like okay uh well yay um but but you know they don't want to press her she doesn't remember anything so they decide to have a girls weekend away to sort of like celebrate that they're all back together again but the woman who walked into the woods is not the same woman that walks out of the woods and really scary things are going to happen at their hotel. Yes. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Because at the heart of it it's really about female friendships and, you know, they, their their interactions and the things that they went through when she was missing. Um but it also has absolutely scary, gross horror stuff in it. Yes. So oh. mark it down. It comes out in March.
0: Oh, it is already on my list, and I am going to keep an eye out for that because, as a librarian, I we get free arcs delivered to the library on a weekly basis. So we don't get everything, but I am definitely keeping an eye out for that book. Well, you can't miss it
1: because the cover is amazing. It's bright fluorescent pink and has like a
0: chair in the middle. Of the cover. I'm. I've oh, that my book. Desktop. Yeah, that book. <laughs> Okay, I know which one you're talking about now. I will definitely keep an eye out for that one. That sounds fabulous!
1: Oh, it's so good. But if you don't like scary books or are sort of ambivalent about scary books, do not read this one, (laughs) because it's it's really alarming.
0: Well, I alarming is my middle name, so... (laughs) So I am definitely I'll I'll be the guinea pig I'll read I'll read it and then give everyone a watered down review. Um so you can decide if you want to read it for yourself when it comes out. <laughs> All right. And then that is the show. Thank you so much to Liberty for joining us as our guest host. And thank you so much to all of you lovely people for listening. For show notes, make sure to head over to bookriot.com listen. We will have links to all of the books that we talked about, even all of the surprise recommendations that Liberty had. Um, we will have links to the articles to the trailer for Knives Out. If you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that others can discover us. If if you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions or just to say hi, you can find us at dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find us on social media. I am on Twitter at kt underscore library lady. I am
1: on Instagram at Comes alive.
0: All right. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.